1: and become a patron today to show your support and get instant access to our extensive archive of downloadable, ad-free tales of terror. Thank you for listening, and enjoy the show. If darkness is what you're after, seek no more your searches through.
2: You haven't found the darkness, traveler. The darkness... Has found you. Welcome to Season 3, Episode 5. I'm your host, Jason Hill, and I'm thrilled you could join me tonight. For tonight's story, author Kevin David Anderson, longtime friend of the show, will take us down that long and winding road to the nearest choke, for a sit-down with two of Horror Hill's oldest friends... and the Chili Dogs... are on me. You're listening to the Standard Edition of this program. If you'd like to show your support and enjoy ad-free versions of this and all our other episodes... as well as hundreds of tales from our audio archives... dating back to 2012... Visit simplyscarypodcast.com and click Patrons in the upper menu to sign up today... ...to get instant access from our friends at Chilling Tales for Dark Nights. Thank you for your support. Now, allow me to escort you to a place where the sun dies... ...and nightmares come to life. Welcome, listener, to the Horror Hill. You haven't found the darkness... The darkness has found you. I certainly hope your car insurance is up to date, because this particular ride is about to get real bumpy. So, grab hold of your lug nuts and hold on tight. From author Kevin David Anderson, I give you... Night of the spider. October 2:23 a.m. California Highway 99 northbound.
3: Get your butt down here and visit your boy. You ain't seen him in near a month.
2: The voice screamed out of the little cell phone speaker. Dale held the phone away from his ear with one hand and kept an ironclad grip on the steering wheel of his Mack truck with the other. His ex-wife's rant was going into overtime, and he wished he knew enough about his new cell phone to know if it had a volume control. I go where the work is. Damn it, Velma. You know that. Don't give me
3: that crap! That's the same excuse you used to spend time with that whoring! Her voice faded,
2: and when it roared back, it was punctuated with the static pop kill me. Dale brought the phone back up to his ear. What'd you say, Velma?
3: Don't pretend you don't know who I'm talking about. I know...
2: The signal faded again, then came back. The voice panicked. I don't want to die. Can anyone... (laughs) Please... That didn't sound like Velma. His ex-wife would cut off her tits before she asked anyone for help. Dale held the phone out, glancing at the little screen. The words... Weak signal flashed. He brought the phone back to his ear. Velma, what the hell are you talking about? Please help me. It wasn't Velma. This voice sounded younger and terrified. Who is this? The voice dropped in and out. Dale was only getting fragments. Sandra, please. I'm gonna kill it. I can't move. All right, calm down. Tell me where you are. End of Route 194. Cave. Drag race. Come again? Raced a red spider down Route 194. Can't move. Dead bodies all over. Dale's heart skipped a beat. He held the phone away from his ear as a familiar feeling rumbled in his gut. It felt like standing in front of a large, ominous door that was opening slowly, creaking on old, tired hinges leading to places Dale never looks for, but always seems to find. He sighed and touched the phone back to his cheek. I'm northbound on the 99. Which way are you on the 194, east or west? No answer.
3: Hey, Sandra, east or west?
2: Silence. Dale pulled the phone away, looking at the tiny screen. No signal. Goddamn Chinese piece of crap! Dale pressed a few buttons on the phone trying to get the call back, but he didn't really know what he was doing. After a few seconds, Velma's voice popped back in, loud and clear. That best friend of yours is so dumb he couldn't find his ass with both hands in his pockets. Jesus, Dale said, then pressed the red button, hoping it would send Velma's voice back to whatever cellular hell it had come from. The connection was cut with a chirp. And Dale tossed the phone toward the passenger seat, where it landed in the box it had come in. Well, that was that. Route one hundred ninety four stretched across California for miles, without any hint of direction. He didn't have a chance of finding Sandra what's her name. He let out a long breath, somewhat relieved that the doorway to places filled with cries for help, dead bodies, and whatever else that had always found him between the ungodly hours of midnight and dawn was closed. Still, as the miles rolled by, he couldn't let it go. Maybe he'd feel better if he told someone. Dale reached down for the CB mic and was thinking about switching to the emergency channel when...
3: Hey, Twilight Man! You got your ears on? Come back! Dale grinned at
2: the sound of his friend's voice, Earl, coming out of the CB speaker. He brought the mic to his lips, pressed the call button. This here's the Twilight Man...
3: How you doing, Nightcrawler? Well, my butt is raw and a two-dollar pavement princess and you know what. Other than that, I'm just ducky. I'm back sliding down to grapevine on the rebound, looking to make camp in Bakersfield. No, you year in the area. Wondered if you wanted to gather the wagons or to chew and choke for some breakfast. Come back. Dale looked at his watch.
2: Half past midnight. Um, sounds good, but... Hey, listen... I got this call on my cell I'd like to run by you.
3: Stop the presses. You got your cell phone?
2: Dale groaned softly. Yes, let's not make a big deal out of it.
3: Damn, I need to alert the media. Dale got himself a cell phone. It's like you're joining the human race and everything. Welcome to the 20th century, good buddy.
2: Earl said. It's the 21st century, numbnuts. Dale glanced over at the phone laying in its packaging. Picked this thing up about an hour ago. Thought I'd try to give my boy a holler since it's his birthday tomorrow. But, of course, Velma picked up. Oh, you have my condolences, Earl said.
3: How is bitchzilla?
2: Dale chuckled. <laughs> Still queen of the harpies. Anyway, someone's voice broke in on the call.
3: Well, that can happen, especially if you go cheat, Earl said. Let me guess, you got a flip phone. One that cost about eleven ninety nine? Swear, Dale, you pinch penny so tight you can hear old E Blinken squealing.
2: Dale sighed. He hated how well his friend knew him. It was nine ninety nine and the guy at the truck stop threw in a box of red vines. Now, do you want to
3: hear this or not? My ears are on. Come back.
2: Dale quickly recapped what he'd heard before the signal faded. So, what do you think?
3: Well, that's stranger than Liberace at a football game. I assumed she was talking about a car. Say like an Alfa Romeo spider.
2: Could be, but I don't know. Didn't get that kind of detail. I wonder if she meant mines. What was that? Come back, Dale said.
3: Yeah, you said something about a cave. Maybe she's held up in those mines off the 194, about two miles west. How do you know about mines way out there? I knows lots of things. I'm not just pretty. There's copper mines. Close to think. Don't you remember there was that college kid last year that died while the... in? Do you mean spelunking? Yeah, sounds right. No idea what it is, but apparently you can die doing it.
2: Dale's eyes followed an exit marker. They just passed the turnoff for Route 193 and knew 194 wasn't far away. Just keep on trucking he told himself. In a few minutes he could be in Bakersfield, enjoying food guaranteed to hurry him along toward an early death. (sighs) He was getting too old for this shit.
3: So, what you gonna do, Twilight Man?
2: Earl's voice popped over the CB. Dale took in a deep breath, letting it out slowly. He was trying to push the terror in the girl's voice from his mind. But, as he exhaled, he realized just how much she had sounded like his youngest niece in Knoxville. The girl's call for help wasn't something he could just drive on by. God damn, son of a bitch. He always felt nothing good could come from buying a cell phone. And damn if he wasn't right. With a sour expression on his face, Dale put his turn signal on and steered the rig toward the approaching exit. Route 194. What's your 20? Dale said to the CB after exiting the
3: freeway. About 35 miles from your back door. Guess breakfast will have to wait. Come back. Well, drop the hammer, old man. It's too goddamn early for
2: breakfast anyway. Turning on his high beams, Dale exited, then turned west. The dual beams of light cut a path through the darkness, revealing field after field of agricultural endeavors. After two miles, the farmland fell away. And rolling hills silhouetted in the soft moonlight rose up on either side of the road. The truck began to vibrate as the tar covered surface disappeared. Gravel took its place for a few hundred feet. Then that dissolved, leaving just a dirt path. Dale was just about to throw in the towel when, at the edge of his high beams, he could see a sign Hope Mine, one half mile. The sign had a painted arrow indicating a right turn onto another dirt road running south. He brought the truck to a stop in front of the sign and gazed down the southbound path, dark and nameless. Although the sign appeared to be a half century old, there were a dozen tire tracks, maybe more, some very recent. He steered south, finding that the new dirt road was not much smoother than the other one. His truck shook and vibrated over every hole, kicking up dust. After he had gone the length of several football fields, he could see taillights glinting in his beams. First one pair, then two. Then about a dozen flickered in the darkness, like distant stars. Cars lined the dirt road, and although they looked abandoned sitting in the dark, some caked with dust, they all appeared to be new modified street racers tediously tricked out resting silently in the night their owners who had obviously spent considerable time and money to make these vehicles look ridiculously fast and furious were nowhere to be found what the hell dale said where's a party the road ended and dale eased the truck over Parking alongside a racing green Acura with a rear foil on it big enough to be used as a surfboard. Not the kind of car likely to be found on a rural dirt road. Just ahead, Dale could see the entrance to the mine. It wasn't what he'd expected. All the images of mines he'd ever seen were products of Hollywood. Big railroad ties framing the entrance to a dingy looking cave with some kind of sign that usually read, Danger, or... Keep out. The hope mine was more of a hole, and from Dale's point of view, high up in the cab, he could see it burrowing down into a blasted hill at an angle steep enough to make walking difficult, but doable. Dale was already picturing himself sliding on his ass down the gullet of the hole into the waiting arms of God knows what. He fumbled under the seat and reached into a compartment so concealed no scale inspector, border patrol, DEA, or cop would ever discover without completely dismantling the cab. He pulled out a Christmas gift from a few years back, a sawed-off double-barreled shotgun with a CB handle carved into the stock. His mom always knew what to get him. After stuffing a half-dozen shells in his pocket, he reached behind the seat and grabbed something else he was sure he was going to need. A rope. The CB crackled to life.
3: Twilight, man! This is Nightcrawler! Come back! dale picked up the mic yeah what's up earl good buddy you ain't gonna believe this guess we just blew my doors off dale sighed i'm a little busy right now can we play this game later it was moving like a bat out of hell thought it might even leave the ground well what was it a red spider
2: dale swallowed come again
3: could have been Scarlet, but I swear to God it was redder than a Catholic girl on her wedding night. Your eyes on straight? Hell yeah! I'd say it was a 1965 Alfa Romeo hardtop. Did I call it?
2: Yes, you called it. You are very wise. And purdy. Well, I'm willing to bet it wasn't Solo, Dale said.
3: No, sir, it was not.
2: Earl came back.
3: How'd you know? Well, you're not the only one who's more than just pretty. What'd you see? Looked like a yellow, could've been white Honda Civic. All souped up, racing alongside. You know them street racing life-size Hot Wheels kids are spending all their corn on?
2: Dale looked over the graveyard of cars, any one of which could've been owned by the late Paul Walker. Yeah, I have a pretty
3: good idea of what you're talking about. Everybody wants to be Vin Diesel. What's a Vin Diesel? Uh, Forget it. Which way'd they go? Heading north. I bet my left nut they're heading your way. Yep, yeah, that's a big ten four. And, uh, why the left nut? Well, I'm extra partial to my right one. I've been ever since I discovered what they were. Very sorry, I asked. What's your 20? I just passed Route 190. Jeez, Earl, you move slower than turtle shit. Bitch, bitch.
2: Dale told Earl what he had found and what he planned on doing even though he hadn't really convinced himself yet. You
3: really going down there?
2: Earl said. Dale scratched his head, pondering the wisdom of his plan. He brought the mic up to his lips. You didn't hear that kid's voice. If she were my kin, I'd sure as hell want someone to go after her. He leaned over and removed a flashlight from the glove box.
3: You ain't even sure she's down there?
2: Dale turned the flashlight on, shining it over the dust-covered cars. Well. She ain't up here, that's for sure. If you don't find me when you get here, call in the cavalry. Before Earl signed off, he urged Dale to take his cell phone. Dale reluctantly agreed and gave his friend the number. Dale slung the rope over his shoulder and stepped out of the cab. He buttoned up his leather vest, then stepped to the front of his rig. He secured one end of the rope to the bumper, then strolled toward the mine. Upon reaching it, His boots knocked a few rocks down into the darkness. He scanned back up the road that brought him here, checking for approaching headlights. Nothing. Darkness. He wasn't worried about the driver of the red spider. Dale could deal with some young punk street racer turned serial killer, if that is what this was. Running cargo across the United States in the dead of night for a living allowed Dale the frequent opportunity to meet a wide variety of assholes. Mr. Alpha Romeo Spider was nothing special. But as he gazed back down into the opening in the earth, the hair on the back of his neck stood up, and he couldn't extinguish the feeling that something was looking back up at him. Something cold. Something unfriendly. Something ugly. I'm coming, kid. Dale tossed the rope down, and the blackness seemed to swallow it. He turned on the flashlight. Chasing away the dark and was relieved to see that the floor seemed to level out about 20 feet down into the mine. He gripped the rope and began his descent, boots sliding in loose earth. His 240 plus pounds of muscle and well-fed trucker's physique created an avalanche of gravel, limestone and thick dust. If there was something down there waiting for him, he had made enough noise to let it know he was coming. This podcast is brought to you by the Hulu original series Hellstrom. Now streaming only on Hulu. This dark and thrilling show is produced by Marvel Television and based on characters from Marvel Comics. But Hellstrom is not your typical superhero series. This show is full of suspense, mystery and horror. With more character-driven storylines... It's the story of two broken children, Damon and Anna Hellstrom, who are the son and daughter of a mysterious and powerful serial killer. Now adults, Hellstrom follows Damon and Anna and their complicated dynamic as they must come together to save their mother and track down the worst of humanity. Just in time for Halloween. Hellstrom is a scary, mature, action-packed series full of twists and turns you won't see coming. Every family has its demons, but not like the Hellstrom family, and the world isn't ready for a Hellstrom family reunion. Are you? All episodes of Hellstrom are now streaming, only on Hulu.
1: They might even unroll all your toilet paper next time. It's just what happens when you two find a new place together. But you're not doing it because you feel like it. No, you're doing it because you love them. Because they're family. And that's why Apartments.com has the most pet-friendly rental listings on the Internet so that you and your furry family can find the perfect new place together. Apartments.com
0: Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I
2: With each step, the air got colder and something else assaulted his senses. A thick stench started to rise, pungent, adding weight and a foul color to the air. It was a recognizable aroma, One Dale had taken in more times than anyone ever should. But his familiarity with the smell didn't desensitize him to it. He gagged, tasted vomit, and his eyes watered as he moved closer to the source of decay and rot. He reached into his back pocket and pulled out a handkerchief, tied it around his mouth and nose like a train robber. The metal material did a piss-poor job but it filtered the stench enough so that his eyes stopped tearing up like a little girl. Preoccupied with not puking, he almost didn't notice that the texture of the walls had changed. He shined the light on both sides and up onto the ceiling, seeing a silky thread weaving its way around the rock. wonderful. Bugs, he thought. The thread seemed to get thicker the deeper he went. It even started to spread onto the floor, winding over long, horizontal boulders pressed up against the wall. He had passed a half-dozen of these elongated rocks, wound up tightly in silk before he realized they weren't boulders. They were bodies. Ah, crap on a cracker. Dale knelt down next to one, peeling away some of the strands with the barrel of the shotgun. It was a strange-looking corpse, It looked like the mummies in the Chicago Museum he got to gawk at as a kid, all dried up, shriveled. But no mummy he ever saw wore a raider's cap. The light glinted off the NFL logo, and as Dale tapped it with the shotgun, the corpse's jaw dropped open with a crack. Dale stood back up, watching a spider the size of his hand crawl out from the shriveled body's throat. He noticed others crawling about. None larger than his palm. They moved over the bodies, feeding, their fangs pumping up and down, drinking in their meal. Dale narrowed his eyes, his blood beginning to boil. He turned on a heel and started heading deep into the mine. When he could, he adjusted his steps so that each one was followed by a crunching sound bringing a satisfied grin to Dale's face as spiders died under his alligator-skin boots. ''Sandra!'' he began to call, not giving a crap about being stealthy. If there was something down here wanting a fight, he was in the mood to oblige. Sandra's name echoed down the passage and Dale could hear it reverberating for miles. He checked every body he passed for signs of life, knocking spiders to the ground with the barrel of his gun the bodies were in various stages of decomposition, some looking very fresh, but none were alive. He stopped to deliver an occasional twist of the heel as arachnids died underfoot, but he began to notice that the further he went into the belly of this nest, the more eight nugget bastards there were to crush. He burped out a sigh, beginning to feel defeated. If he went much deeper, they might grow so numerous he wouldn't be able to dispatch them with a simple twist of the boot. They were already starting to drop onto his arms and shoulders from the ceiling. Damn it! On the verge of turning back, his flashlight caught something silver and metallic on the ground a smartphone. A hand lay on the dirt floor, still and close to the phone. Dale followed the arm up to its silk-cocooned body hanging from the ceiling. Enough silk strands had been torn away that an arm had managed to get free. Even beneath the wrapping, Dale could see that this body was fresher than the rest. Dale stepped over and pulled at the tightly wound silk around the torso. Big glittering letters in the girl's t-shirt read, American Idol. He placed two fingers on her jugular. Nothing. He checked again. Still nothing. He bent down and retrieved the phone. A name was printed on the protective case Sandra Cleveland. Damn. I'm sorry, Sandra. Just not quick enough. Dale swatted at the spiders that had their fangs in her, then crushed a few under his boot, cursing. He was just twisting his heel on the last one when he heard the sound of engines. At least two. He wiped his feet in the dirt, grinning. Now let's go deal with Mr. Serial Killing Spider Loving Son of a Bitch. With the shotgun over his shoulder, he began to jog back toward the entrance. The sounds of the cars were getting louder, engines revving. By the time he reached the rope near the entrance, one of the engines had been killed. A voice drifted down the holes as Dale climbed up.
3: i beat you, bitch! Now! "'Get out of that historical artifact you call a car!'
2: Dale reached the mouth of the mine and stepped up into the night. The first thing he saw was a teenage male, just old enough to shave, wearing an oversized sweatsuit, an unnecessary amount of gold chains around his neck, and a cap with the bill pointed backward. He was jumping up and down, and every few seconds he would perform some ludicrous dance move that the white kid clearly believed he had mastered.' Beat you fat and
3: square, air. I beat you fat and square, air,
2: the teenager said, moving away from his modified street racer, a Honda Civic with a chrome blower rising from the hood. He walked and sort of danced over the Italian car, a red Alfa Romeo spider. Come on out! Let's see your losing BHS. The spider just idled patiently as if it were waiting for something. Its black-tinted window seemed to be keeping all its owner's secrets, and, as Dale stared at it, a chill moved through his body. It suddenly occurred to him that there may be more than one shithead in the spider. Two, maybe three he could deal with. But if there were more, they were armed. He decided to conceal himself, watch a while, and see what he was up against. He crouched down behind a pile of rocks just outside the mine's entrance as the teenager continued to taunt the driver of the spider. Hey, you gonna show yourself or what? It's time to pay up, bitch! Let's see the pink slip! The teenager kicked the front tire of the Alfa Romeo. The spider's engine revved, and the kid took several steps back. The engine roared again, and the car began to vibrate violently looking like a rocket moments before leaving the launch pad. Dale felt the ground trembling beneath him. The teenager held up his hands as if he suddenly realized where he was, in the middle of nowhere, surrounded by derelict streetcars. You you know what? Just keep it, man. He took two more steps back. I don't want that antique roadshow anyhow. Before the kid took another step backward, the engine suddenly switched off. The roar faded with the suddenness that took Dale by surprise. And then, the spider was still. Dale stared at the car's windows, looking for movement. Nothing. So, all right then, teenager said, tugging at his cap. I'll catch up with you on the road, biatch. The hardtop roof of the spider began to move. Accompanied by a high-pitched mechanical whine, the roof opened like the hood of a car. Dale rubbed his hairy chin. No idea Alpha Romeo's could do that. The roof continued up and back until it lay flat on the trunk. The machinery that moved it cut off with the choke, creating a cold silence. The teenager took a step forward. That
3: is sick!
2: You tricked that yourself? Out of the opening in the spider, a female head started to rise like a disembodied apparition. Long hair spun over her scalp. So black, it melted into the night. A slender, creamy-skinned neck bled into smooth, naked shoulders. Her hands rose, gripping the top of the windshield. The teenager smiled at her. Hey, babe. You know I don't really want this time machine, he pointed at the spider. Maybe we could work something else out? Do you know what I'm saying? The woman smiled back, her black lips framing white teeth. She ascended further, revealing round, naked breasts, nipples hard and gray.
3: Oh, yeah,
2: the teenager said, stepping forward. I like a woman that drives commando. Watch yourself, kid, Dale muttered softly. She rose up even more as it being lifted on a hydraulic platform. The teenager suddenly stopped moving forward. What the another set of breasts hung beneath the first and another under them the woman's engorged chest looked like a sow that had recently given birth with gray nipples descending the length of her torso the teenager pointed a finger you freaky bitch stay the fu something else emerged out of the alpha romeo long thick hairy oh shit dale said one by one, eight hair-covered legs, each the girth of an adult python, uncoiled from the car's interior. They stretched out as if waking from a long hibernation, then began to plank their arachnid feet on the dirt. The creature lifted itself out of the car, looking like something out of Greek mythology gone haywire. From the waist up, it resembled a human female, but everything else was arachnid. With multiple leg joints and thick brushes of hair, it scurried away from the Alfa Romeo, its dark eyes at least eight feet above the ground. Peering at the teenager, the boy who had been so animated only a minute ago seemed frozen in place, paralyzed in the creature's Medusa-like gaze. He didn't attempt to run, even when it scurried toward him, its front legs bucked up, enveloping the boy. He was lifted off the ground and four hairy legs began to spin his body. Silk shot out of the ass end of the creature, and within a few seconds, the boy was mummified, cocooned, for her children's consumption. The eight-legged monster then began to move toward the mine, its wrapped-up prize dragging behind. Dale hunkered down as much as his large body would allow gripping the stock and barrel of the shotgun so tight his knuckles were pearl white. He knew the shotgun's kill range was less than ten feet, but he wasn't looking forward to getting that close. God damn it, Earl, where the hell are you? All eight legs came to a stop at the mouth of the mine. Its human half started to lean forward, and for a second, Dale thought she was just crouching to fit through the entrance. But he was wrong. The creature bent all the way forward, its human hand picking up something off the ground. It was Dale's rope. Her head and torso came back up. The rope gripped in both hands. Her black eyes seemed to follow the length of the rope tethered to Dale's truck. Well, shit. Dale readied the shotgun. So much for a surprise attack. Anger, vile and terrifying, consumed the creature's face. It started moving toward the truck, its human hands coiled into fists. After only a few yards, it stopped, the anger melting away to what Dale thought was concern, as if she just realized the rope also descended into her burrow, her nest. She sniffed at the air, like a wolf catching the scent of blood on a wounded animal. She cut loose her latest prize, lowered her head, and scurried down into the mine. The teenager's wrapped-up body rolled down a slope and out of sight. Dale waited a few seconds for the hair on the back of his neck to relax, then stood up, letting out a long breath he wasn't even aware he'd been holding. He stepped from behind the pile of rocks and made for his cab, already picturing himself sitting safely within its confines. He'd much rather shoot down at the thing from inside his truck, or better yet, Catch the beast in a crossfire from high up with Earl and his 38 on one side, and him on the... A blood-curdling scream that was only part human exploded from the mine. Dale whirled around, shotgun at his hip as the anguished cries echoed behind him. "'Damn it, Earl, I can use some help here.' "'Okay, nothing to panic about,' Dale told himself. "'The bitch didn't see me up here, so she probably thinks I'm still in the hole somewhere.' Just keep quiet, and a loud chirping noise shattered Dale's thought. He spun around looking for the source, which seemed to be behind him. After spinning a half circle, the chirping was behind him again. He did another fast 180, scanning the entrance of the mine for a few ten seconds. Then, he finally realized what it was. Goddamn phone. He pulled the cell phone from his back pocket, desperately trying to make it be quiet. He flipped it open and after pressing several buttons finally hit the green one. The screen lit up. The chirping stopped. He was about to whisper something into the phone when he realized that whispering was no longer necessary. shine glinted deep within the gullet of the mine and it was moving toward him. Dale, you there? Earl's voice squeaked out of the tiny speaker. Dale didn't answer, just took several steps back. Shotgun leveled at the mine's entrance in one hand, cell phone in the other.
3: Hey, good buddy, I'm at your back door, Earl said. Find thing. Dale held
2: the phone in front of his face and said, A bug? A big fucking bug? He threw the phone into the mine and saw it bounce off the beast's chest. He gripped the barrel of the shotgun, anchoring the stock on his hip just as the eight-legged monstrosity exited her lair. Pausing as it emerged, its back legs still lost in the mine's entrance, the beast seemed to know what Dale held in his hands, and it stood still, hissing, contemplating. She tilt her head, lowered her chin, and glared deep into Dale's eyes. The creature cast no visible shadow in the thin moonlight, But Dale felt himself being enveloped by it anyway, cold and scurrying up his spine. They stood motionless, like two gunfighters waiting for that undeniable moment demanding split-second reactions. "'My God, you're five hundred pounds ugly,' Dale said. The creature slowly began to circle and hissed in a low, guttural tone." Sounding not unlike his ex-wife. Jeez, I wanna hear a woman hiss me all night long, I'll go visit my boy. Dale rotated with her, keeping the shotgun aimed at her chest. He judged her to be about 15 feet away, just a bit too far to do terminal damage, but he wasn't about to take a step forward. As it turned out, he didn't have to. What you waiting on, Christmas? Let's dance, bitch. The eight-legged beast lowered her head like a bull, thrust her human hands forward, and charged, howling like hellspawn. Dale counted to two, held his breath, then let go with both barrels. The explosions echoed down the mine as the beast pitched back, hands clasping her chest. When her hands fell, Dale could see one of her upper breasts was gone, and an arm hung by cartilage and sinew. Blood splattered her torso flowing down onto hairy legs she thrust a raised hand forward clawing at the air looking more enraged than ever dale took quick steps backward pulling two more rounds from his pocket he had to lower his eyes for a split second as he popped the shells into the chamber when he brought them back up a hairy leg struck him in the jaw he felt his feet leave the ground and heard his gun go off he sailed several yards through the air and then hit something hard What he'd landed on bent inward under his weight, and it took a hazy second to realize he wasn't on the ground. He had landed on the hood of the Alfa Romeo. The sheep edge scurried toward him, rising upward and back legs, teeth bared. Dale pointed the shotgun, not really aiming, and pulled the trigger. The soft sound of the hammers falling atop the empty chambers was, at that moment, the worst sound in the world. Oh shit. Dale sat up, digging into his pocket for more shells. He saw her hand reaching toward him, and he swatted at it with the stock of the gun. She blocked his blow, knocking the shotgun from his grasp. She reached down and clasped Dale around the neck, lifting his ass off the hood. She pulled his face to hers, opening her mouth. For a second, Dale thought she intended to sink her teeth right into the bridge of his nose. He could taste her breath, foul, rank with rot then something seemed to catch her attention her eyes moved past Dale and he felt her grip loosen he wasted no time he brought both fists down on her wounded arm the creature howled and Dale fell from her grasp landing back on the hood with a thud pain rocketed to the back of his head as a familiar sound echoed in the night rumbling growing close Dale rolled off the hood just as Earl's 18-wheeler plowed into the Alfa Romeo like a freight train, horn blaring. The crash was deafening. Sparks flew as big as muscle flashes. Metal-tearing screeches exploded into the night. Dale kept rolling in the dirt as Earl's trailer rushed by. He got a quick glance at the arachnid bitch raising her human hands in a vain attempt to slow down 15 tons of speeding metal. With the Alfa Romeo as a hood ornament. Earl's truck bulldozed into the creature, its hairy legs leaving the ground. The 18-wheeler began to slide as the brakes were applied, but it didn't stop before smashing into a rocky, man-made hill, piled high with unwanted material excavated from the Hope Mine. The creature was pinned between the rocky hill and the crumpled frame of the Alfa Romeo. Earl's truck seemed to stand guard over the scene, Pushing forward enough to keep the arachnid in her place, crushed in a tangle of broken black legs and twisted metal. Dale popped himself up into a sitting position as Earl stepped out of the cab. He had never been so happy to see his friend. <laughs> Took you long enough? You cruised the granny lane all the way here, did you? Earl walked over to Dale, hand extended. You never could appreciate a proper entrance. Dale grabbed his friend's hand and allowed himself to be pulled up. Thanks, old man. Earl stood a few inches taller than Dale, and many pounds heavier.
3: Well, I was in the neighborhood.
2: Dale smiled and walked over to get his shotgun. Can I assume breakfast is on you? Earl said. Yeah. Dale gathered up his weapon. And not the usual cheap Denny's Grand Slam, neither. A real fine and proper breakfast. Dale walked back, slapped an arm around Earl's shoulder. "'I take you to the Russian tea room bout now, for good." Earl tugged on his black Harley-Davidson t-shirt. "'Well, we're a bit underdressed.' They both stared for a few silent moments at the carnage of the far side of Earl's front bumper. The creature squirmed in front of them. Two of its long legs still moved just outside the crushing pressure of Earl's truck. Its female head lay over the top of the rocky hill." blood drooling down the sides of her mouth. Earl stepped
3: forward, taking a hard look. "Rashdale, you sure do have a knack for finding the meanest, ugliest women.' "'Well, it's a gift.' "'Well, you ought to think serious about giving it back.'
2: Earl scratched his head.
3: "'What the hell's that?'
2: Dale had heard of these creatures. Mostly just whispers in the night, really. "'I think they're called Homo arachnus. Part people, part bug.' Wear spiders, if you want. I think the last one on record died off in the fifties, along with them giant desert ants. Military took em out. Well, at least that's the rumor.
3: Well, that rumor is in need of a status update.
2: Earl looked over at the mine entrance. Oh, anyone alive down there? Nothing on two legs. Dale pointed down the slope. There's a kid down there in a silk wrapper. Probably just napping. "'Looks like spider-bitch liked to stun her prey.'
3: "'I'll go take a look,'
2: Earl said, then pointed over at the crushed beast.
3: "'Why don't you go and say night to Gracie?'
2: Dale nodded and strolled toward the rocky hill. He pulled two shells from his pocket and loaded the shotgun. Closing the chamber, he climbed up and around the uppermost part of the hill, where the creature's head lay. Its black hair spilled out onto the dirt like crude oil.' And Dale placed a boot on a few healthy strands... Inches from her scalp. She tried to raise her head up... But Dale's boot held it down by its midnight colored locks. She looked at him... And hissed... Blood spotting his jeans. In these final moments... Dale could never despise these things. Not much anyway. It was just an unnatural thing... Doing what unnatural things were made to do. But now... It was time for Dale to do what Dale was made to do. He leaned over, placed both barrels up against her forehead. Say goodnight, Gracie. He pulled the trigger. You've been listening to Night of the Spider by Kevin David Anderson. I'd like to personally thank you for joining me for this episode of Horror Hill. Don't forget to tune in again next week when I yet again regale you with a handful of tales to terrify plumbed from the most depraved depths of the human imagination. Night of the Spider was written by and presented courtesy of Kevin David Anderson Anderson's debut novel, The Geeky Cult Zombie Romp, Night of the Living Trekkies, is a funny, off-beat novel exploring the pop-culture carnage that ensues when the undead crash a Star Trek convention. His latest book, Midnight Men, The Supernatural Adventures of Earl and Dale, was inspired by the short story Green Eyes and Chili Dogs, produced by yours truly, Jason Hill and heard on my own YouTube channel and on the Simply Scary Podcast Season 3, Episode 6. Anderson's stories have appeared in over a hundred publications and on fantastic podcasts such as the Drabblecast, Pseudopod, the No Sleep Podcast, Horror Hill, and the Simply Scary Podcast. In addition, he is an active member of the Horror Writers Association, and currently works in special education. For more information on him, visit kevindavidanderson.com. If you enjoyed what you've heard on today's program, please take a moment to stop by our iTunes page, or wherever else you listen to your favorite podcasts, and leave us a five-star review and a kind word. It makes a huge difference and would mean a lot to me. All of our other shows and hundreds of standalone releases, all of them ad free and available to download or stream. Thanks so much for your time and for giving our sponsors a try today. When you support our sponsors, you help support this show. And that means a lot to me. If you happen to use Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or YouTube, you can follow and subscribe to Chilling Tales for Dark Nights there where you'll get all of our latest updates and new releases and have the chance to interact with us each and every week. You'll find me personally on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as well. Until next week, listener, when we meet up once again atop the horror hill for yet another dance with darkness, I bid you good night. Sleep tight, listener. And whatever you do... If you hear scratching at your door, don't open it. The darkness may have found you, but it's up to you to let it in. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to the Horror Hill Podcast, a production of Chilling Entertainment and the creative team at Chilling Tales for Dark Nights, and a proud member of the Simply Scary Podcast Network. Visit simplyscarypodcast.com today to learn more about our network and our other amazing storytelling programs. Tonight's program was hosted, and it's featured stories performed by, yours truly, Jason Hill. Selected stories have been adapted with the kind permission of their respective authors, Original music provided by Felipe Ojeda, Luke Hodgkinson, and Jesse Cornett. Final mixing and mastering by executive producer and director Craig Groszak. The program's artwork by yours truly, Jason Hill. Logo by Craig Groszak. Got a terrifying tale of your own that you like performed? I take submissions. Email it to us today at submissions at simplyscarypodcast.com. To have your work considered for production in a future episode of this show. That's submissions at simplyscarypodcast.com If you enjoyed what you heard on tonight's program and are joining us on your favorite podcast app, subscribe to us to be sure you never miss an episode and leave us a five-star review and a comment. Your feedback means a lot to me. You can also follow Chilling Tales for Dark Nights and yours truly on social media. To connect any time and get the latest updates on this and our other programs. If you're listening on the Chilling Tales for Dark Nights YouTube channel, do us a favor and hit the subscribe button. And the bell notification icon for Chilling Tales for Dark Nights as well, to get more spooky tales from me and the crew. And another episode of this program, each and every week. And don't forget to hit the thumbs up button to tell us how we're doing, and leave a kind word. And don't forget to visit us at ChillingTalesForDarkNights.com and consider supporting the team by becoming a patron. In addition to helping us out, you'll get exclusive access to our audio archive and ad-free downloads of all your favorite stories, including those you've heard on this program. As for me, I'll be back next week with more terrifying tales to keep you up all night. If darkness is what you're after, listener, your search is over. Yet, let it be known, you haven't found the darkness. The darkness has found you.